Hey, I'm Spencer Powell and welcome to Remodeler Stories, where we highlight remodelers. Every remodeler has a unique story and journey and we can all learn from each other. Stay tuned for a mix of inspiration, tactical tips, unique strategies, and some laughter. The remodeling business is tough, but rewarding, and we're all in this together. Let's kick this thing off. Before we get into today's show, let's talk about our show sponsor, Remodeler Growth Community. Remodeler Growth Community is a peer-to-peer networking group exclusively for remodelers. For a low monthly fee, you get access to some of the best minds in the industry, life-changing business strategies, and the ability to connect and learn from people who've walked the path you walk. Go to remodelercommunity.com to enroll today. 100% satisfaction guaranteed or your money back, so there's absolutely no risk to you. Go to remodelercommunity.com to enroll today. Today, I sit down with Tim McLennan, who is the general manager over at McLennan Design Build Remodel. As the co-owner of McLennan Contracting, Tim is grateful to partner with his wife, Allison, to empower their team, build a family-friendly company culture, and implement their vision to enrich life at home for clients, crew, and trade partners. Outside the office, Tim's most prized moments are those he spends with his wife, three children, and their two spoiled dogs. His favorite activities are hiking, backpacking, and making family memories through their RV adventures. Now for my conversation with Tim McLennan. Hey, Tim, welcome to the show. Howdy. Hey, good to see you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm excited to dive in, but give people a little bit of context. Who are you? What's the company and where are you guys located? All right. Tim McLennan. We're located in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. We own McLennan Contracting. It's a smaller company. I say we as in I co-manage, run the company with my wife, which is an interesting dynamic in itself, but works well. Right on. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure we'll, we'll get into that here in a little bit, but how did the company first start and when was that? Somewhere around 2003. I was very discontent in the job that I was in. Just a lot of travel positions I was in, I, I felt as though I had a lot of responsibility and no authority to make any of the changes. Just very disheartening. I wasn't. I was enjoying the company I was with, but not the clientele. I was ready for a change. My brother-in-law was at the time. Their family had a whole bunch of rental properties, and they needed to be fixed up. And they didn't want an employee, so they said, "Would you be willing to leave your place of employment if we could, between our co-op of companies, offer you maybe a year's worth of work?" And I jumped at it. I think one year turned into two or two and a half, something like that. And I discovered I, I didn't enjoy working for the extreme wealthy that I had been working for previously. And I did not enjoy working on rentals and flips either. <laughs> so I had, I had dabbled my fingers in both ends of the market, didn't really enjoy either end. And that was my start in business was trying to find my niche. Gotcha. Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, it's amazing how you can be in one space, but it looks totally different depending on what you're doing within that space. So yeah, so after the two, two and a half years, like how did that wind down? And then what did that transition look like? I can't remember how many units they had. They had a lot of different rentals, but as as they became code worthy again, habitable, the work with them was dwindling down because from a a rental and flip standpoint, it's all numbers first. And so as the work with them started to wind down, we started to look for work elsewhere, or I did 
at that point, my wife wasn't really involved. We had young children at the time. I was taking work whenever it would come, I'd say for probably the next eight years, give or take a bit. It was a journey of self-discovery in terms of what type of work do I enjoy doing? What don't I enjoy doing? I spent a lot of time building relationships with trade partners and in the back of my mind thinking I really should be spending this energy with an employee, not a mm-hmm. trade partner. But I didn't listen to my voice because the trade partners were easy, easy relationships. And you know, it took, took years before we finally got to the point of wanting to actually start working on the business instead of just in it. Gotcha. Yeah. No, it's, it's funny how that it always seems to go that way. The right path is often the harder path or the one that has a little, at least a little more resistance to it. So yeah, I uh, wanted to do what was easy, you know, yeah. build, building was easy. People management at that point in my life, I didn't feel confident and I didn't, because I didn't feel confident, I didn't find joy in it. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Well, and I would, I would argue too, that the people management side, like never really is easy. You know, I think you get more competent in being able to yeah. manage it. And, but I mean, the people part of any business is, is challenging. I'm curious, you said like, that was maybe like eight years of kind of working with trade partners and building yeah. and so, somewhere in that time frame as you're like taking on your own projects, not doing the the rentals and everything. Did you start to find like, oh, I really love these types of projects or like, was it just a hodgepodge? And yeah, I'm curious how you kind of navigated that. I, I would love to say it was super intentional, but it, at, at that point in my career, it really wasn't. It was a lot of it was figuring out business in the sense that, hey, I love the big jobs, but when I take the big jobs, I don't have time to do estimating and all this other stuff to keep the pipeline full on the backside of the job. So you do a big job and then you would hit this low of scrambling and trying to get things moving again. And then you do a whole bunch of small projects and it was a lot of work. You were always busy, but there's a lot more managerial stuff that goes into the small stuff where each project has about the same amount of managerial that goes into a big project. So you're doing more And it was a journey of men's kitchens, bathrooms, repair, learning not to quote things like rot, you know, thinking I could figure things out and have foresight to do those things. And it took me years because I didn't have a business background. Yeah, it's interesting hearing you reflect on that. I feel like I went through a similar journey with my marketing agency, and it almost makes me think if almost all like entrepreneurs go through this, but like the beginning, it's like the sell, then -hmm. deliver, then sell, then deliver. And so you do get those lulls like you spoke of. And if somebody like you can solve that by either just like putting in more time or just paying and investing into people or resources to start helping with those. But I think most people aren't in, in that spot. They're in the, I just have to spend more time. But if somebody just said, Hey, during the day, do the work at night, do all the estimate, like just kind of like clear that and just say like, this is just how it's going to be until you get enough dollar leverage to go make that higher Then it would have been more clear. But I feel like I just muddled my way through it. And I like worked a mm-hmm. lot of hours, but it, it wasn't like I was thinking about it with that lens. It was just like, I got to right. get all this stuff done. <laughs> and, so. and absolutely. That's the nail on the head right there. The problem with, with me was I had a growing family and where you were perhaps a little bit more intentional with your resources as they came in, 
a lot of our resources that could have been saved up for business growth and development were consumed by the family. And I was very relational. I still am relational. But at that point in time, I was always bending over backwards to go the extra mile to help somebody else save a buck. Mm -hmm. And again, that was a whole nother journey in and of itself to do jobs for people where they were complaining that they just didn't have the money. They didn't have the money. And I had empathy on them. And I would essentially give them massive amounts of profit that I had in the project back at the end for whatever reason. And then you go to their house to visit and they have a new car in the driveway and a brand new sound system and TV. And you're thinking that just came from my kid's vacation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. doesn't. So again, it's a, it's a journey and I didn't make wise choices early on. I worked harder. I didn't set aside and work smarter. Well, I mean, it's always hindsight 2020. (laughs) I don't know. We all make our own mistakes as we're going through it. I guess I'm curious too to like hear at once you kind of sounded like there was another transition point after some period of time where you said, okay, I'm not just going to work with trade partners. I think you use the language like now I'm going to start working on the business. Very interested to hear. Was that more of a like a mental shift and you felt like, okay, I'm I'm gonna be more intentional about like I'm gonna start building out a team or well, like what was going through your your head at that time? I would say there was a transitional period. There. Okay. And the transitional period was I had worked myself into the ground. I was working on average, probably 70, 80 plus hours a week. And that's not an underestimation. Yeah. I was missing my family's life. So I brought on, I had been, as I had mentioned before, spending my time with subcontractors and investing in them. And I finally thought, you know what? I'm going to invest my time in a team member because all the subcontractors that I've worked with they've gained knowledge and now they're going out and they're my competition. Yep. (laughs) So I'm going to actually get somebody in here to work alongside of me that is not going to be my competition. So I started getting team members to work alongside of me. I would say that's the transitional period because it was still very much a, I'm going to do everything myself mentality, but it was an acknowledgement of, I didn't have the time. Yeah. And I was tired. It was during that period of time When I began to realize that with a growing team, such basic business stuff, but I I had to learn it the hard way that with a team of individuals, you need to delegate responsibilities. And then when you start delegating responsibilities, you need managers and processes and systems. And it was that journey that got myself excited about the business. All along, my wife has kind of been dabbling and helping in the business, sometimes more, sometimes less, depending on family. And it was at right around that period where she jumped in and she started helping almost like a full-time job at that point. And when the, we had these conversations, there was a synergy in the conversation and the excitement that we both had in developing the business. And I would say she is in large part the driving force, the reason that I didn't throw in my hat multiple times along the way. And having her by my side has really been the joy of the business more so than anything else. Yeah, that's so cool. Yeah, it's, I feel like entrepreneurship is very lonely. And then then if you can Mm -hmm. get one person that's like, 
yep. let's do this together. Like then it gives you that extra strength <laughs> to get through the, the tough parts. And you feel like, and I would imagine too, it being your wife, like the amount, like you've already got the built-in trust. Like you don't have to like, mm-hmm. there's not that element. Right. I want to maybe come back to, to that and we can talk about just like how you guys divvy up and, and work together. But when you did start hiring in-house and you said, hey, I want to basically not be working with these guys that compete with me. What was the first hire? Well, at that point, some of our first hires had already been with us because we had started hiring field help to work alongside of me. And I would say the the first hire on that truly transitional time from the discovery to the we're actually going to build a business now was looking for a production manager and trying to come to the understanding and the realization of what the production manager is going to do for our company and how that position is going to work with the workload that we have. And the first two production managers that we attempted to hire did not work. And it was at the end of the, the second one that had failed where my wife and I were both exhausted, just spent. And we had reached out to a business consultant and essentially said, you know, we're tired. If you can offer us a solution, we'll give it a try. We've been doing this for years, but other than that, we're done. That was really the key turning Mm. point for us. So that actually, that solved the problem and you were able to get somebody in there that... (laughs) That was going to be there longer than a few months. And <laughs> solve the problem? No. Gave us the resources and the toolbox to start working through the problems, addressing them, acknowledging them with the support team behind and helping us be more strategic instead of just reactive. That was the change. And that came through working with Remodelers Advantage, which is actually where I believe we had met you through them. Yeah, and probably been several years, but I think you're right. You know, I something you did not touch on, but I <laughs> coming into this podcast, you didn't you didn't even ask me about this, so I'm not putting a plug in for you. But I am putting a plug in for you. <laughs> well, I'll the, take uh, a plug. But <laughs> <laughs> the the biggest change in our business, I'd say there's there's probably two of the biggest changes. The the first was working with Remodelers Advantage, on par with that, or maybe even a little bit larger with that has been working with you guys at Builder Funnel. The helping us clarify and hone in on our ideal market. And when I say that, it's a bigger picture than what a lot of people are thinking. I used to think of an ideal project as being a kitchen, bathroom, basement, whatever it is, because we, we do kitchens, bathrooms, basements now. But it goes beyond that. Who is your ideal customer? What's their disposition? What's their age range? You know, How are you going to relate to these people? And I never, ever thought of marketing, not just the type of job, but to the type of person that you're looking for. And when you start working with people that give you fewer problems, things get a lot more joyful. (laughs) (laughs) That's a great way to put it. And so where RA, Remodelers Advantage, helped us get the resources to manage stuff it wasn't really until we started working with you guys that some of the joy started to come back on a regular daily basis where you can hear laughter in the office and you're leaving the office with a smile and not feeling like you've got this, you're going to walk in through the door with a bunch of problems the next day. Yeah. 
Thanks for sharing that because I think like it's funny. I just was recording a podcast with with somebody else yesterday and they said like what's if you could just give somebody three things to do right out of the gates. And the first thing I said was bare bones, jot down bullet points of who you want to attract to your business. Yep. And it seems like a silly step sometimes. And I think that's why it gets skipped over. Or you just like, we all like as humans, we just want to jump to the action. Like, what are we going to do? We're going to do some marketing tactics. But it's like, those tactics become so much more powerful and relevant when they're directed at bringing in the the perfect person. And, you know, you said it. It it goes beyond that too. Because when your marketing is going out to attract a certain type of customer, you are sending a message about the type of company you are. So then you start to attract when people are, when you're hiring, you start to attract the type of person that you want that's going to interact well with that demographic and everything else. It's a compounding effect. It's like getting a flywheel moving. It drives momentum in a way that you just can't understand until it it's turning. Hey guys, I know that if you listen to Builder Funnel Radio, you are hyper aware of the fact that the way people shop and buy, it's changed dramatically over the years. And for the last 10 years, really since I started doing all this, helping my uncle's remodeling division scale up from about 2 million to 10 million, we've been helping remodelers and builders and contractors all over the country really refine their marketing systems. And I recently decided to kind of bottle all of that up into my first book. And that book is called The Remodeler Marketing Blueprint. And you can pick up a copy by going to the website, remodelermarketingblueprint.com. You can also search for it on Amazon or wherever books are sold online. But I highly recommend you go over to the website because we've got some cool book bonuses that go along with that if you pick up a few extra copies for your friends and colleagues or your teammates. So it would mean a lot to me if you've been listening to this podcast for a while or even just a few episodes, if you've ever gotten any value out of it, head over to remodelermarketingblueprint.com and snag your copy today. All right, let's get back to the show. I'm still developing it, but I have this concept that basically like all of marketing or all of the business is really marketing, you know, it it is about it, you know, because like the way you deliver the project, the way you go Mm -hmm. through that process, like the feeling that that customer has as they go through that and they get to the finish line, that kind of is like, are they going to tell their friends and sing your praises or are they not? And that's marketing, you know? And so like kind of tie all of it back, but uh, topic for another day. So <laughs> that'll take me down a, a bunny trail and, and I'll, I'll do too much talking. I, I, can, I can tell you hands down that when Allison for, first told me what we were going to invest to start working with you, we had some hard conversations and it ended with, honey, I trust you. I said that we were doing this Hail Mary. And if you really think that this company's one that is worth investing with, all right, let's, let's give it a try. <laughs> and that was one of the best decisions I ever made in business. That's awesome. That's super trusting cool. my wife. That is <laughs> well for sure. Yeah, <laughs> and then and then working with you second. Yeah, yeah, that's down the list. You know, no, that's that's super cool. I well, I really appreciate that, and I do want to kind of dive into like how how you guys work together because I think it's always interesting when you get that blend of family, home, yep. life dynamics, and business. So yeah, maybe just how do you guys think about like 
the different parts of the business, who who runs what, and then like, how do you make decisions? Does anyone call the shots or, you know, that sort of thing? Well, I'm going to rewind to put context. Sure. I'm a long-winded person, so you get the long-winded answer. Go for it. I, I like that. Yeah, context <laughs> is always better. <laughs> so when, when I started the business back in 2003, typing skills, horrendous. Spelling, the, any spell check that existed at that time, it was it would laugh at me it wouldn't even it wouldn't even offer a suggestion most i mean every, it was red line everywhere sure. and it would take me forever to type anything up so every email that i would send every even handwritten letter everything had to go through the filter of my wife to make sure that i wasn't making a complete fool of myself and it was the years of struggling through that and her looking over everything to make sure it was right it started that relationship back then mm, yeah. in, a, in a supportive role. She, she didn't really want anything to do with the business per se in terms of running it, but she was very involved from, you know, even writing the invoices when I first started working for my brother-in-law. So she started way back then. And as things progressed, she took on more of the financials and understanding the numbers behind it and the legalities and research was needed. And she would start doing some of the research and then come back to me with things. And it just kind of morphed over time. There were times that we felt like it was a strain on the marriage because it was too much business, not enough personal. Mm. But just like any other challenge in life, that's something to work through. So finding the ability to vocalize that to the other individual and table conversations and, you know, you can have a family conversation and you can have a work conversation. And sometimes they're mixed and sometimes they're not. And figuring out how to ride the wave was a little bit of a journey. But once we got the rhythm, it really became a great joy. And it, it changed a few years back when I, I had continually been telling her, you should really be the president of the company. You know, we're we're a 90-10 split in turn we're an escort. And I we we put her 10% only so we didn't have to pay taxes and for tax reasons and other things on, on her work. And I said, you should really be running the company. I said, if anything, it should be the the flip should be the other way around. And she kept saying, No, no, that's that's your thing. I'm happy to help. I don't want to run the company. And someone at RA had suggested to her when we were going to remodelers advantage, have you ever considered being part of the, being the president of the company? And she's like, well, my husband's always telling me that it ended up turning. She took over the presidency, the leading, the directing of the company. I'm now a general manager, which I enjoy doing far more than trying to figure out direction and numbers and all that other stuff. And it's been a great working relationship between the two of us in terms of figuring out what to do and where to go and the give and the take and the it, it's enjoyable. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. And actually, I mean, she crushes that role. So it's she uh, does. Awesome. Yeah. It is a funny thing too, because I feel like business is very much that way is I, sometimes like the top spot, people have ego about like titles or roles or whatever, but if you kind of pull ego out of it and it's just like, who has the skills for yep. what seat? You know, then it's mm-hmm. like we're gonna go way farther, you know, if we just figure that out, you know, then exactly. 
now. So yeah, that's that's super cool. Yeah. And you get to focus where you're really strong and where you mm-hmm. drive and she can do the same thing. Do you guys make decisions kind of with that like traditional like company hierarchy or or is it more you still like come together on the big decisions and like work through it or how does that work? We've been dancing for so long <laughs> in this in this rhythm of business that I would say it's a little bit of both. Yeah. There are some decisions where like, you know, I'm Allison is going to want to have her input on this. It has nothing to do with her. It's not even in her department. Or I want to use her as a sounding board. Mm-hmm. And it kind of works vice versa with her to me. I'm not involved with every decision. I don't want to be. That's why she's president. She she makes those decisions. But for the big decisions, she wants to make sure we're approaching it with a unified voice. And she wants to hear my opinion and my thoughts. But I've given her the authority to make the decision. I'm not holding her hand. I'm not holding her back. If she wants to make a choice without involving me, she's got the freedom to do it. And we'll work through it. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, it sounds like, I mean, over time, you guys just you develop that like sixth sense about what the other person would do or, you know, and you just, and then, you know, Hey, this is a time where I either want to, or feel like we should talk about it or no, right. we're just rolling. So, and that's kind of that blend of business family, because mm-hmm. in a true business, you don't report to somebody who's not your direct report to ask permission or other things. You, you just do your job, your tasks, but in a marriage, it doesn't work that same way. It's very much a engaging each other, working together, communicating. And it, it's really taken on a blended feel. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Well, thanks for sharing about that. Yeah, I, lo- I love hearing those, those stories. And speaking of stories, I, I always have to ask any like wacky client stories or crazy projects that you can think of it doesn't have to be like a recent one it could be one from way back but anything funny that you've bumped into over the years that you can share with us sure try not to put names to anything yeah that's fair <laughs> yeah. It's all anonymous people yeah. so pro- probably our best story is my wife shared on a podcast you had with her and if if you really want to listen to that it's it's a good one besides that the uh, the next one up on my list is a customer who had called us. We had done some work for her in the past, and she desperately wanted us to do the work. She wanted us to bail her out of the problem she was in. Lots of red flags that I kind of walked past because I had already worked with this person before. Production manager at the time had said, you know, really feel compassion for this situation. I had expressed some of the red flags and said, well, I think it'll be a good learning experience. Let's go ahead and move through it, and we'll come out the other side. And it really was a great learning experience. So this lady had a bathroom. She's moving into a house. Her bathroom had been started by another contractor. And then he left, didn't finish it. And she's in transition of moving and needs the bathroom finished. It was her only bathroom. And we had told her a perspective timeline for the project. And we had walked her through some things. Agreed to everything. We were just going to bill her at time and material because it was just helping her out. And again, a previous working relationship. And uh, so we ordered what she wanted. The next day, she sends us a letter, asks us to put a hold on that, and she wanted to reconsider the decision. And that same thing happened probably about four or five different times with 
signing an approval to order and then immediately calling to say, hold on that, don't process it. And so here we are about three months after we had started working with her and we're well past a month of when we had said we would have it done. And we still don't have a formal approval to order anything. Hmm. And she's starting to lose it. She's calling us and leaving angry messages. And she's upset that there's no progress being made. And we're calling her calmly and asking her to make decisions so that we can process the orders. And then we're, she's telling us what she wants. And we're explaining to her that we had talked about this and we referenced previous messages and said, you know, the lead time for these projects or products, just so you're aware. And the situation escalated to a level I've not had a situation escalate to. It was not our emotions. It was her emotions. She, mm-hmm. she was well into project fatigue and beyond at that point. Yeah. And I told our production manager, I said, look, we're going to go, we're going to schedule a time to go out to her house. You're going to come with me. I'm not going alone. And we are going to give her essentially our invoice. We're going to knock some money off if she releases us from the agreement. And, you know, I think we're going to be able to walk or walk away from this. And we go there and this, I, I can't remember how old she is. I'm just going to say 73 year old woman is standing on the front stoop, jumping up and down and stamping her feet like a two-year-old child yelling at us. <laughs> for not ordering things, acknowledging that she told us not to order it. Oh my God. It was, it was absolutely, it was funny, sad, <laughs> and heartbreaking all at the same time. Yeah. Geez. And it was, again, it was a huge learning experience coming out the backside of it. And we often joke about it now in the office. We don't want another, and then we'll say the last name. Sure. But we, we learned that you got to listen to those red flags that you know you need to focus on the right customers the right projects it has helped us avoid so many other potential projects with problems referencing back to this mm-hmm. so that decision of i think this is going to be a good learning experience i had no idea <laughs> yep <laughs> when i had said that at the beginning but it absolutely was and to just a to different watch, learning experience than you thought. It was absolutely <laughs> different. And to watch a an elderly grown adult literally jump up and down, stamp the feet, and yell, and then contradict themselves literally as they're yelling at you, leaves you without words. <laughs> I, yeah, I'm sure I would have been dumbfounded as well. <laughs> oh, geez. That's a good. So, so, were you able to just like back out of it, or we we were able to back out of it and. Nice. It worked out on our end. She ended up going to the box stores and ordering stuff and finding some other person to put it in. And I was just fine with that. I, yep, that's totally fine. Yep. <laughs> I At that point, I didn't care what she put in her house. All I cared is that I got a signature before it went in yep. and that whatever we put in was approved. And she w- wasn't making up her mind. And every time she made up her mind, she would change it. And I had no control over that. Man, that's wild. Well, I'm so, glad you were able to get out, get out. I mean, it sounds, I mean, it was probably emotionally painful, but you know, all things considered, not, not too bad more. It, uh, it's, it's one of those stories that has stayed with the company and yeah. we've had some good laughs at it post 
Yeah. Yeah. With a little bit of time, right? (laughs) Yeah. With a little bit of time, there's a lot of humor and learning lessons that can, can happen with that. And a lot of our systems and processes have been built to avoid anything even close to that. Yeah. And to maintain a very high customer standard, everything you go through, you can learn from. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Well, Tim, this has been awesome. I got one more question to wrap us up kind of along the same same lines of learning lessons. But if you could pass some words of wisdom or kind of a final takeaway for other remodelers out there listening, what do you want to share? Oh, that's a tough one. Think of where you want to go and take educated risks. Playing it safe is very close to insanity if you're looking for changes because you're going to repeat many of the same things over and over and over again because it's safe. I'm not saying take major mega risks, but you can't really get ahead without some risk. And you need to be willing to hold what you have loosely because you can't guarantee what's coming out the other side of the risk. But for myself, years ago, had I decided to take the risk with a team member instead of working with just trade partners, I would have accelerated where I was by a decade. And had I not taken the risk of investment when things were tight to work on our marketing with Builder Funnel and developing all of that, had I not taken that risk, I would have still had the business. It would have still been a good business. I really don't think I would have had the joy coming into the office. And we do have a growing business for having worked with you guys, but the joy far outweighs the revenue. And measured risk, you got to take it or you're going to just repeat more of the same. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, well well put. I mean, all all businesses is risky, but I like the way you framed it. Well, I'm glad glad we could put some more joy back in your life. Yeah, Tim, <laughs> I really appreciate you carving out the time today and sharing your story with us. Hey, no problem at all. Happy to do it. Thanks for tuning in to Remodeler Stories. Don't forget to subscribe to the show and leave us a review. Every month we pick a winner and send out a free copy of my book, The Remodeler Marketing Blueprint. Just leave a review over on iTunes to enter to win. See you next time.